All right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the Empire Self Podcast. I am your host, Mark A. Turnipseed, and I have a delightful subject to talk about this afternoon. And I'm just joking. It's actually this morning. I am just probably going to post this this afternoon. I'm so excited about it, though, because for... Um, a long time, I think I've been searching for it, and I think I just found something that has really helped me to dive deeper into myself than anything else that I have done since I started my journey. So as most of you guys know, I started my journey into life about five or six years ago. I had tried to kill myself, and I had tried to kill myself three times in a week. I was miserable and just living a life full of lies. And so I started to do everything that I could do to tap back into life. The first thing that I did, I tapped back into life by going to the gym and training for an Ironman triathlon. Now, for the past five years, I've been subjecting myself to the brutal tortures of Ironman triathlon, and I have evolved into quite a different person than the person that I started as. I ended up coming out of the closet. I ended up, um, you know, losing a whole bunch of weight. I ended up finding peace inside of myself. I ended up um, coming to terms with a lot of my past. So I ended up resolving a lot of issues from my childhood. Yes, during triathlon, I ended up resolving issues from my childhood. And yes, I ended up resolving issues from relationships in my triathlons as well. And these issues, these, these things that were holding me back, as I began to process how they evolved from my childhood, I began to see how they were playing out, and I began to recognize that I no longer had to let things play out and to continue to affect my performance or my behavior in life. And that's ultimately when I started to go, you know what, I, I, I really think that, that I'm on to something here. All, all I need to do is kind of like interrupt this process. And when I find myself in a place where I'm just kind of irritable, restless, and discontent, all I've got to do is search for a new birth. I've got to search for change. Like something inside of me is not right, right? Because I'm just, I'm seeking. I'm needing to seek and after I've found something, right, then I need to seek again. And I think that it's ultimately just the way that we're, we are born as humans. We're born into momentum. We're born out of creation. We're born out of God. God is perfect. And that's why we're always striving to be perfect. It's okay to strive to be perfect. And it's also we're, we're striving to create. We're also always we're also, we always want everything all at once, right? And the reason is, is because that's the way creation happens. It exploded. <laughs> it exploded. God exploded his good love all over and it happened all at once. And that's how you have, you know, things like deja vu and stuff. You know, if, if you look deeper into it, you start to recognize, you know, the relativity of time and, and how we are all happening all at once, you know, and it's a very profound thing. Well, if that's the case, then inside of us, our momentum is always moving forward. 
And ultimately, as human beings in these bodies, a lot of times I feel like I get stuck. I feel like I'm like, I get to one point and, I, and, then, and then I'm there and I'm like, and, and I, I, I'm there for a little bit. It's like getting to a summit or a mountain peak and then, and then the, the air it's like, wait a second. No, it's actually not right here. I just got to keep moving. I got to, I got to keep moving. I got to keep evolving. Right. So over the past like five years, it's been very interesting for me, especially like coming out of the closet, uh, very, uh, challenging, very confusing. Um, I took lots of leaps in different places. I mean, I did everything that you could imagine from wearing teeny, teeny shorts and dancing around the gym to going to gay bathhouses and going to circuit parties, you know, things that, that, that didn't really like fit exactly who I was, but they were a way of me really like getting out and just, just letting go into this new self. And I remember that feeling of uh, just like a rebirth, right? It gave me so much excitement in life. And that same type of rebirth happens every time that I cross a finish line. So it's, it's really, honestly, it's really something that keeps me coming back for more as it pertains to, to Ironman triathlon. It happens every single training episode when I'm training. But here's this curious thing that happened, uh, happened yesterday. So for the very first time in my life, I went to a fetish factory. Now, a fetish factory, I, I actually had really no idea what I was going to get myself into. All I knew, all I knew, I had this like, this eking suspicion inside that inside, locked inside of um, some of my childhood, like, sexual-ish um, things that occurred or processes all the way from attachment to caregivers to the molestation when I was about six years old to the, to, you know, the rape when I was 12, all of these things, you know, how they have affected my growth, my, my present growth as I'm trying to propel myself into my best self and, and build my empire. There is some trauma holding me back. And this trauma, what I've noticed in my life is this trauma is replicating itself in different ways than rape, right? In different ways than, um, um, losing a job, right? It, it's, it's now starting to uh, affect other, other sort of ways, which is very interesting. So I've noticed that those types of things, when, when I'm able to recognize them and bring them into my consciousness, then I'm able to associate with them where they're coming from and kind of like who they are. Now, that doesn't really make sense yet, but let me try to explain that. Because when I, when I have a, a traumatic memory that is affecting a behavior, and this behavior that I'm doing is causing me guilt or me shame, then what I do is I look at this and I experience it like I'm sitting back here and I'm looking at I'm looking at a person and I'm looking at this person who did this behavior and I'm looking at this person who's now feeling this game and shame and this, sh 
this guilt. And I recognize that this person doing this behavior is different than this person experiencing this shame and this guilt. And that this this person experiencing this behavior has has more attachment almost to spirit world. And this person experiencing the shame and the guilt is actually he he's actually more just like uh, some weird insidious like gnat you know that that isn't real it's like it's like just always over here and i started noticing that i was like i'm doing stuff that's actually good yet it's causing me guilt and shame so i'm becoming successful and it's causing me guilt and shame why is that people are praising me for my accomplishments in my body and i am stricken by guilt and shame to the point that I get annoyed when people tell me that I have a nice body. Yeah, rest on that for a minute. People tell me that I have a nice body, that I am beautiful, and I become pissed. I get annoyed by that because I feel shame and guilt about things that are being replicated in my life. And ultimately, what that is ending up doing is it's preventing me from actually using these newfound gifts to project and bring in the life that I know that I deserve and that God has for me. It's like he wants to give it to me. And I'm sitting here going, or the gnat inside of me, the shame gnat inside of me is sitting there going, No, I'm guilty and I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of even being good. I recognize one thing. This thing, this gnat, it's always going to feel shame. It's always going to feel guilt. And so what I do now is a very curious thing. I talk to that. I talk to that as it's another part of my being. And I go, you can feel shame. You can feel guilt. Go. Feel that. Enjoy that. Because something in that thing, something in that little gnat part of me, something in that little itty bitty like spiritual residue inside of me left over from trauma wants to feel the shame and the guilt. So how can I, how can I go about releasing myself from that? I have found it very, very, very wonderful to use poetry And I found it also very, very wonderful, actually, to use music. And then I was woken up in the middle of the night by a dream to go to this store in Fort Lauderdale called the Fetish Factory. So I went to this store not knowing what I was getting myself into. They hand me these cards and they're like, here's these cards. And uh, they were these cards for these, the, an invite for a Sunday afternoon party. Now the, now the fetish world doesn't do much on Sunday afternoon. Actually, they're always generally at like three o'clock in the morning, which is when I'm getting up to train for my Ironman. So I found it to be very peculiar. And they said that they only do like one a year that's at that time. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm like supposed to go to this. So I start looking around and I, you know, I I was just like looking at all the gear, the different things that they have. They have like everything that you could imagine to like humiliate and torture and abuse and to feel shame and guilt they have there. And it's very interesting because when I look at them, 
right? When I look at the object that's used to cause shame and guilt, it inflicts in me shame and guilt. And if I have this understanding that I can talk to my shame and guilt recipient inside of me, just like I can talk to my power and prestige recipient, and I can praise my shame and guilt recipient and have him be satisfied, then this guy, this main guy, this main number one who deserves the fame and prestige and success, he gets to finally lift off. This other one, this other one has to go down. This other one has to go back because this other one, where he belongs and where he wants to belong is in his little shameful fetish factory. It clicked. It clicked right there in that store. And I go, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to this event. So I went to this event and I walk in and it was in this strip club. I've been to strip clubs before, so I, I knew I knew the general layout, and I knew it was going to take about 15 minutes for my eyes to get used to the darkness. So I kind of just like took it nice and easy. I was really freaking nervous, too, but I'm pretty good at being nervous these days. I just kind of like walk through it, you know, and that's ultimately from triathlon, too, is like when my heart starts beating, when I start racing, when my mind's going crazy, I just take the next step, right? And I just walk right through it. And so there I was for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, kind of like nervous, but also kind of like blinded, right? And I, I was wearing these these leather pants with these with these leather crotch holders and just like I had my shirt off and a little leather harness and I had my aviators on. So I looked pretty badass walking through there. And I look around and I'm fairly um, scared. Right, I see people in outfits and stuff that I would not wish upon in my wildest dreams. I would have they, 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 it looked like straight out of my nightmares. Some of the things that these people were wearing, and I, and all I could think inside of my head was that they were doing the same thing that I was doing, and they were simply transmuting their shame and guilt and deepest fears into their greatest pleasures and joys. And I was just like, holy cow, this place is, what this place is, is a realm of alchemy inside of here where people are just literally transmuting their shame and guilt and turning it in to joy and they're celebrating it. And I was like, man, this is really, really cool. And then I, I loosened up. I had a Red Bull and I started to recognize where we all had something in common, and that's where it was, right? We were all there um, doing this, this, uh, my, this, this spiritual alchemy. Some people, some people there probably didn't even know that they were doing that. Uh, I sure did because I think about life like that, right? I just walk through life, and I'm always uh, thinking about how am I going to put this down into my journal later so that I can further understand every little action that I do and put it off into the world so that I can help other people understand what things like a fetish factory may be able to help them achieve also if they wanted to take that dive into it. And I will tell you that after I broke out of my little, you know, blinded and nervous cage and I started talking to my the first girl that I walked up to or the first girl that we kind of like found each other next to, I was 
relieved to find out that she was utterly and completely normal. Shocking, right? Actually, she was a professor from a university. She was a dominatrix, and with her main partner, her partner who's at home, I guess, she is extremely submissive to. So she's there in full-on latex. Like, you can't tell, I mean, you can't tell almost anything about her. And it's uh, just, like, tremendously mysterious and just provocative. And I was just spellbound, right? I was just like, wow. So, so asking all these questions, I have no idea how it all works. Right. And, um, turns out long story short, basically you come into these places, then you, then you, then you, then you just meet people and you're like, Hey, do you want to like, instead of like go dance, right? Like instead of go dance, you say, Hey, do you want to go play? And it's really unique because I've been to those gay bathhouses where you say you want to go play and then you go have sex, right? And for some reason, there's like, I I got pretty turned off by it after about, you know, three or four times going and feeling that and just being like, okay, that was, I got that out of my system, right? Um, but because there's that, there's this, there's like the sex aspect of it. It's, I don't know. There's something weird. There's something different about the two right? There's something that I can't, I can't really put together, but what it seems like to me is that in the, in the fetish world that, uh, which by the way, there's the most beautiful people in the fetish world, just the most beautiful people who just radiate like joy and light from inside of their little latex mask. It's unbelievable. And I am, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just shocked at all the different people that I met. So after I met this, this woman, then I went over to meet my next <laughs> and I just, I bounced around and around and around. I ended up circling back to this dominatrix and she showed me the ropes or more so might I say the floggings. <laughs> This was completely humbling, everybody, completely humbling in this way that is uh, profound. So let me go ahead and explain it. So here I am in this situation, right, running around this place, not knowing what's right, not knowing what's wrong. How do I act? Who am I? What am I coming into? There's so much fear going on. I don't know who I am in this place. And then I make the connection. I make the connection with somebody, and all of a sudden I, I start to recognize how I have something in common with all these people who are dressed in everything so different. On the outside, we all look extremely different. And on the inside, we're all extremely complex and beautifully messy people. And so as you get to talk to people, you are connecting on the beauty messy the beautiful, messy level. And this is just so unique because you don't usually do that. You're usually connecting on this other level where you're trying to portray yourself in this beautiful, lavish, like Instagram post, but not here, not here at all, not here at all, not here, not here. You only present with your fears, your shame, and your guilt, and you shine through that shame and that guilt. So this girl, she pinned me up against this cross, right? Where I like leaned up 
uh, it was probably at like 45 degrees and I, I held up, it was like this X actually, it was like this metal X where I held up, held my hands and then she pulled my leather pants down and just started like slowly pressing up against me and then, and, and gliding the, the rope or the flog up and down my back. And the instant that the fear and the connection happened, the instant that that happened, there was this clash within my spirit, this clash within my spirit that was like, run or let go now. Run or let go now. There was no in-between. The only other time that I've experienced that is when I did my ayahuasca journey two years ago. Run or let go now. And I knew from my ayahuasca journey that any time that comes up, let go. Even if you're going to run, let go. Because letting go, here's what happens when you let go, even if you're running, right? When you let go and you're and you're about to run, you can run like a, an antelope, right? If you don't let go and you're going to try to run, you're going to run like a hippo. I'm not joking. You're going to be stiff. You're not going to be able to let go. The fear is going to hold you back. You can't run based on that. You have to let go and give in to the fear and let it propel you. And when you do, you enter into this state where you, where I believe that you it's like sucking the nectar of the gods. You develop this newfound sense of power that's completely contrary to what you thought you were supposed to do, which was, I need to press so hard against this life. I need to press so hard through this fear so that I can emerge victorious when all the while, if I had just let go, then I just glide through. I just glide through effortlessly. This is a state of Zen. This is a state that we can achieve. This is a state that in the fetish factory, in the, in, the, in, the, in the moment of your deepest, darkest fears, this is a state where you get to either run or let go. And when this occurs, in the first moment for me when that occurred, I chose to let go and the pain was transmuted into pleasure, and the conversation within started a myriad of beautiful imagery that was as if I was redesigning who I knew myself to be. <laughs> I was, my, my whole mental landscape of shame and guilt was crackling and crumbling off of me like the scales of a fucking lizard. And I was just coming out like a butterfly, just redeveloping into a brand new being. I was going through my transformation. I was going through my metamorphosis. What a exceptional experience. I am not sure if it's going to be like my lifestyle, right? But I will say that it was the most inclusive, empowering, loving 
group of people that I have ever been around. And it's only been one, right? So I'm sure that people have had some really bad experiences at them. And I've heard of horror stories. In fact, American Horror Story just released one about the gay world. And that brings up to me a very viable point here is that in my life, I after even coming out as gay, I felt like I have been wrong. I felt like I was actually in the wrong place. I came out and then I started doing all this stuff and I was like, it, it was kind of exhausting. I was like, I can't be this gay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't continue doing this. What am I going to do? And then I was like, I started battling thoughts of being attracted to girls and stuff like that over the few past few years. And then I entered into this place and then I see this whole new thing that it gay, straight, bi really doesn't matter. Sex and this this whole thing is a it's a whole it's a whole it's a whole different world where we're bound through our spiritual fear, shame, and guilt, and we're emerging out as pure, beautiful beings that that don't have a container that you can hold somebody in that says, I'm gay, I'm bi, I'm this, that, or the other. It is just, it, is, it, it felt to me, and, and I may be wrong there, I may be wrong there, but that's the way that I felt. And in feeling that way, I now feel much more empowered I felt I feel like I have much more power in my life. And this is largely because of the the transformation that occurred as I did my meditations when I came home. So I came home and I began a yoga practice and I I, I went deep, really deep into my head, and I began to experience this very horrifying. So I'm a very sensitive person, right? I like I have visions and all these things and and when when I go through something very, very emotional like that, I open myself up to tremendous wavelengths of negative forces and what some people would call maybe even evil forces Whoa, welled up inside of me hugely. The all all the the conditioned like thoughts of like demons and horrible, scary faces and like blood and just, oh, it was all like inside of my head. And it was, and I have, you know, with, with meditation, the whole point is allowing that to just flow through, right? And just to recognize and, and almost watch it as, as, as if it's a movie screen and just being like, okay, I'm going through this and I'm feeling this and where is it coming from? And as I did, it, I, oh, it was really bizarre, but here's what happened is I, 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 I kind of closed my eyes and it was almost as if my eyes like slowly started opening and inside there was these teeth and there was this just like, just bubbly, almost looked like the inside of a snake. And there was these teeth just coming out and it almost looked like the tremors, you know, they were just 
kind of slowly moving inside of this, this belly of this snake. And you had to like, and I was slowly moving towards this thing and it, and it, and its teeth went backwards and it, and it opened up and, and inside I had to go through this, this next fold of like labia, weird darkness and just, and, and I got to this point, I got to the point of the teeth, right? And like I had mentioned, not, you know, the letting go process inside of the fetish factory. I got to the, I got to the teeth and I knew, I knew inside of my heart, what I needed to do was the same thing in ayahuasca and the same thing. And at the fetish factory was just to let go so that I could emerge, but I I couldn't do it. It was way too horrifying for me. It was way too much. And so I had to pull myself back out of that and I had to light some incense and reground myself. It was, it was a very, very deep, deep place to go to. And I uh, was restless the whole rest of the night because if I don't make it through something like that, it's just going to bother me the whole rest of the night. So I had to figure out what it was. What was that? What, what were those teeth? What was the, what was the, 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 the weird, like fleshy stuff that I was slimy crawling through or, but I wasn't even crawling. And what, what was it? This morning it came to me while I was doing my fitness at the gym. I was being reborn. That's exactly what was happening. And today all morning, right? I felt freed from some sort of scales that were in, that I was held bondage to. And as I was held bondage at the place, I feel as if those scales were literally whipped off of me. Now, I didn't come home with a whole bunch of bruises. I didn't come home with, well, maybe some nightmares, but I didn't come home with like, Anything that was scary or painful, any more painful than I wanted it to be. I didn't come home with with being drugged. I didn't come home, you know, being scared of my life or that somebody was following me. I came home in peace and I did yoga and inside of my yoga was where I wasn't able to sleep the rest of the night. But I will tell you that I was able to lay down with a smile on my face and be restless for a good portion of the night. And I am just, I'm really, really excited about this, this rebirth that I got to see last night and that I get to see that I can evolve into and that I can move through. And I will say that I know for a fact that it's not contingent upon me experiencing sexual fetish in order to release myself from that. So being able to experience that in person and go through and submit myself to that gave me the insight I need now to dive into that same activity through meditation. And I can do that through walking meditation. I can do that through waking meditation, right? As a as as a thought comes in that's guilty and shameful, now I get to I get to I can pin it up on my big old metal X and I can stand there and I can let the goddess whip it out of me, (laughs) right? That's basically how it works. And I can just do that anytime that I want, I think. So come with me 
Let's explore this more. I love shame and I love guilt. I find that they're the two things that absolutely destroy my empire of self. And I am just not okay with that. This empire is going to be strong. It's going to be a huge fort that anybody can come into, that anybody can find solace and hope and bounty and fruits in and joy and dance and happiness and harmony. And anybody can find any sort of messy, dirty pleasure that they want inside of my empire of self is going to be full of inclusive, happy and wondrous beings and great flowers and really freaking scary and dark thunderstorms. <sighs> all right, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Empire Self Podcast. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'll talk to you on the flip side.